WP Talk, the Wealth Professional Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Mandeville Private Client Inc. Mandeville Private Client Inc. is a member of the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of WP Talk. I'm your host, James Burton, Managing Editor of Wealth Professional Canada. For this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Mandeville Private Client Inc. COO, Frank Leferrier. Frank has helped the company grow and grow under the stewardship of CEO Michael Lichin, and we sat down in Banff for the 2022 Mandeville Advisor Conference to discuss the industry state of play. We got into what the future of advice looks like and what skills he looks for in an advisor, but I started by asking what he believes were the three biggest challenges facing advisors right now. So, uh, you know, as we said in some of our earlier um, discussions, Level Up is all about kind of assessing where you are right now and, and, and determining or thinking about or strategizing where you need to go to do better, right? So it's, it's actually, as I said, it's actually a gaming technique, actually a gaming phrase where you say, oh, I'm finish this level, I got to go to the next level. Oh, is that right? That's where it comes from originally, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, up to date. Just on that Level Up, Theme, theme, Frank. You know, and you, you mentioned this in your conference speech. But what are the biggest challenges facing Mandeville advisors right now? So, so that's a great question because it's actually endemic to pretty much the whole industry, right? Like, there's three large paradigms that we think are in flux. One, of course, is this demographic change with, you know, uh, not only the advisors but also the clients and the ability to, for us as an industry, to respond and give positive outcomes to the next generations and meet their expectations. So that's a paradigm that's, that's uh, you know, in shift. The second paradigm is just the explosion of technology, right? We are, we are at the tail end of web 2.0 and there is all this wonderful technology that we have. And that, uh, to be quite honest, the industry as a whole is still ingesting. Now we're already talking about, you know, web three with the metaverse, that's still kind of fuzzy about where that's going to be. We don't quite know where it is as an industry, but we have to keep an eye on it because it's going to develop. It'll just be another channel, we think, and we just need to be able to make sure that we're responding to our clients. And of course, the third one is the never-ending paradigm of regulatory changes and, and uh, you know the need to have increased transparency and conflict management for our clients because the whole industry has changed from one of being transaction-driven to being advice-driven. And when you go to your advisors, you need to make sure that there are these conflicts that have been addressed and that you're managing it properly, right? Yeah. So um, it's all part of also making sure that we're bringing the clients to the next level because yeah. the clients are much smarter than what they used to be. They have more access to information. It's incumbent upon us as the industry and advisors to be able to meet those expectations, speak intelligently, and be leaders. I think one of the biggest challenges that you know, Mandeville advisors and, and the industry as a whole is we need to be mentors. We need to be the leaders. There's a woeful lack of a lack of leadership within society as a whole. And at a time when there's, you know, just such great amounts of information and such complexity, you really need leaders and mentors. And, and so part of leveling up is we got to step up to make sure we're meeting that to be able to help the clients and fulfill their dreams. That stepping up, how does that apply to millennials in particular? How are you going to engage? I mean, it's obviously taps into the wealth transfer, but how are you going to, I mean, I guess maybe it taps into the metaverse, who knows? 
But like, how are you going to engage that next sort of cohort of investors? That's a great, that's a great, uh, a, a great question because it's more than just meeting the heir apparent, right? I mean, this generation has grown up totally different. And so all the skill sets that served me as a boomer and served all of our boomer advisors so well may not be fully translatable to be able to connect with the millennials. And that's what this is about. It's about building deeper, meaningful relationships. Part of that ability to connect is actually just, you know, understanding the perspective that they come from. The millennials today, they want advice. As you, where a lot of our speakers have talked, they want advice. What they don't want to be is they don't want to be preached at. So that means taking an approach where it's more collaborative, right? More, you know, I think one of the speakers used a um, peer, peer driven or peer something about being peer oriented, speaking as an equal, but with a body of knowledge and helping them absorb it. I think what'll help us is if we change those attitudes and we include things like diversity, like younger people, like women, right? People who are now are going to be controlling the wealth. Like we have to be able to appeal to that. And I think with that, technology will help us more than ever. As a matter of fact, it'll be essential. Yeah. Uh, I think gone are the days when you just scratch something on a piece of paper. Those days have been long gone. The regulators don't want it. Uh, the clients don't want it. And head office doesn't want it. So at the end of the day, it's about making sure that people are able to leverage off the technology, not to dehumanize the experience, but to emphasize the ability to spend the time on creating those close relationships. So obviously this all this question will tap into all of what we've just talked about, but maybe in summary, you know, the sort of umbrella question here is what does the future of advice look like? Now, obviously we can't predict the tech necessarily, but I mean, if you're an advisor now and you're obviously planning your business out five, 10, 20 years, whatever, like what are the key things you think that they have to be doing to be still be relevant in, in that time space? So that's a great question because I think more and more the, the most important skills for an advisor are, will be the soft skills as well as the technical skills per se. Because what tech won't do is it doesn't change what we do, it changes how or why or how we do it, right? It doesn't change the why, it'll just make us more efficient in delivering it and making it available to the clients. So more important than ever is what I call the attitude or the integrity of the advisor. That is paramount. And, it, and tech, no tech, that'll come shining through in relationships. One of our speakers talked about advisors developing an intimacy with their clients, right? I can tell you when you're intimate with somebody, your flaws, your warts, you know, your deceitfulness comes out pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm not divorced, by the way, but it comes out pretty quickly. And so I, I think the, the, the advisors, uh, and we're pretty lucky, Amanda, because we have some just super terrific advisors that always place their clients first. Uh, I think what's going to come out is this ability to be able to you know, have high EQ, yeah. right? I think that's going to be the most important thing. The technical stuff, the graphs, all that stuff, that's all learned, but it's the EQ and that relationship building that's going to be more critical because the clients, especially the millennials, they want that advice and they want those relationships. Is that innate or is that something advisors can, can learn? So just, the short answer is I don't know that question. My belief is that anything can be learned. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm, I'm always called an optimist but i think i think with training self-reflection because you have to know what your weaknesses and your skills are and i think the desire to implement strategies to overcome weaknesses and enforce strengths 
uh, I think all that can be learned, yeah. right? I mean, we didn't know how to build rocket ships, right? We, we didn't know how to start fires. We all learned that, right? So. Now, you mentioned, I think, in your speech as well about some of the advisors who have that amazing client relationships uh, across numerous people, like not, not just 10, 20, we're talking like hundreds, which sounds incredible. I mean, is there anything to add apart from the, 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 the emotional IQ there that you talked about? Is there anything else you've seen in successful advisors that enables them to do that? So that's a great question because I have been to many client appreciation events, uh, and I and and actually it always struck me at first it alarmed me because I thought, well, geez, the guy's too close to his clients or the girl's too close to the clients, but then I realized that that um, this is actually very good because the advisor takes on a full mentorship role with the client. He does or she does more than just talk about the financial scorecard. Oftentimes, the clients are asking them for advice about family matters. Right real estate stuff, business items, vacation cars. I mean, it's, it's endless. Why? Because that advisor has been able to key in as being a trusted go-to person yeah. beyond just the financial stuff. And that's actually quite, quite warming to see because um, I'm very proud of our advisors. You know, we, one of the factors we look for is integrity, intelligence, and, and professionalism. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if, if you have that, everything else will come after. Yeah. As you as you mentioned there, you know, there's some of the things you look for in, in advisors. I'm sure you're very particular, and you you know you have have um, certain standard, obviously. But but what do you look for? Like uh, aside, uh, in addition to some of the things you mentioned there, you know, when you're looking, when you're seeing people that you think would be a good fit, what what, what comes to mind? What, what's... So there's effectively a couple of key items we're looking for. One, of course, is that in integrity, intelligence, and, and persistence. But the the key thing that we want to look for is we want to look for people who are who are, um, um, I want to say I wouldn't say unhappy, but are not satisfied where with what is happening in the industry because we believe that the industry is doing a great disservice to clients. Everything is product driven. Everything is, you know, it's not intended to create wealth. Nobody's talking about actually making clients wealthy. And, you know, our main theme is being able to give the advisors the ability to, you know, use public and private pension-like investing, but using private and alternative assets that are the quality of what the pension plans themselves would use. And so, you know, the key thing we're looking for is attitude the right attitude, you know, the right integrity, the right, the right desire to learn, right? Ours is a place that's building. I mean, you notice we have a strategy of having advanced advisors and also bringing in the green peas. We bring in people and we are ready to invest and make sure that we can help them grow and learn from their mentors, their, their key people at the, at the firm. So, but it's mostly attitude, yeah. right? That's what we're looking for. Everything else that you can be taught right. or acquired but attitude is the key thing. Okay. Um, Talk about creating wealth there. That's obviously yeah. central to, to, to what you do. Um, I'm interested to know, um, you know, the markets have been volatile. There's geopolitical things out there. Everyone, you know, the Russia, Ukraine, there's all kinds of uh, uncertainty, China. This could go on, right? But I'm intrigued to know how that's affected your business. And obviously your focus on alternatives. Has it actually helped you? Like it, so another great question because that's actually it has helped us because you know um, you know one of the speakers talked about perspective when you're looking at something right and and this and the 
the, the interesting thing about perspective is there's a time element to it. So, to, so everything that's happened today has happened in the past, right? right? So we're not, we're repeating history. And so the key role that the advisors have is to be able to tell that to their clients, you know, and to keep people calm and to say there'll be opportunities and there'll be things we have to watch for. The nice thing about the alternatives is it dampens that volatility. It also gives the opportunity in the right case to be able to enhance returns, which is what the pension plans are doing, right? And that's why we think that, you know, this is the whole crux of our wealth creation, right? Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a little extra word on um, what Michael Lee announced at the conference, the deal with CNL, um, uh, Canadian um, Nuclear Laboratories, um, in basically Mandeville's commitment to um, collaborating, investing in health sciences, you know, clean energy, environmental responsibility. Um, that's all, that obviously right now in 2022, it sounds pretty innovative and forward thinking and kind of futuristic, but what's your take on it? What do you think, importantly, you know, advisors are going to take from it and how they're going to incorporate that into what they do? So, so uh, th that is actually the whole crux of why Mandeville was developed in the first place. As you know, uh, Michael had built up a, a, a wealth management. We, he, you know, partnered with somebody else and he started and we came back and started Mandeville and Portland back in like 2010, 2012. We didn't want to start another, just another dealership. I mean... The purpose of Mandeville is to make things better for clients and actually for the world. That's why I'm so proud of Mr. Lee Chin because, you know, he thinks beyond just the just the, the stock market, right? He thinks beyond just the investments. He wants. I mean, our mantra is is prosperitas caritate, right? Which is, you know, do well, do good. So the ability. So what are we facing right now? We're facing rising levels of cancer. So what are we doing? We're looking for ways to invest and provide capital for people that are going to do and make solutions for cancer treatments, which is what we've done with our ITM offering, which, by the way, we've made available to our clients and institutional clients. Right. It's it's been incredible. This I'm so proud of this of this memorandum of understanding that Mr. Chin has signed with uh, Canadian Nuclear Laboratories because it addresses a need that is endemic to all of mankind. We need energy. Uh, nobody wants to go back and live in caves and be subsistence farmers again. We need energy for a modern society. And the, the, the intellectual property and the knowledge and the know-how resides in Canada to be able to make nuclear energy safe, make it small, modular, right? And, and the ability for investors, which is where the Mandeville site comes in, we expect that Portland will be able to come up with vehicles or avenues in which would allow institutional investors, retail investors to co-invest alongside some of these initiatives down the road. We don't have anything baked now, but but this is just the start. So we're super excited about that. The ramifications are huge because uh, I think I saw a headline yesterday that said the uh, United Arab Emirates just signed a $165 billion uh, commitment to invest in nuclear energy. We're part of that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, kind of on that theme, but you mentioned obviously when Mandeville started, I'm just intrigued to know how things changed. What, you know, when you started, I mean, I'm sure it's scaled, but like, is there some key differences that you've you noticed from when you when you started the business to, to what it is now? Actually, not really, because, you know, uh, we're very, we're very principle-based 
organization. Mr. Lee Chin believes in a framework. So while the color may change or the paper may change, the principles are, you know, they're, they're eternal, yeah. right? So, uh, so we've always started out with tension-like investing. We've always said, putting the clients first, doing what's right. So we've always encouraged our advisors to learn about targeted radiotherapy. You know, that's a pretty heavy topic, but you know, our science teams have brought in like the world leaders in this type of activity and we've taught our advisors. So that really hasn't changed. What has changed is, yeah, we'll plug and play a new technology and we'll add more people Right, we'll open more offices, and we've been growing quite well. Like we're very pleased. Yeah, fantastic. What's next? In summary, what's next for Mandeville? What's what's on the horizon? Obviously, some exciting things coming down the pipe. But what what's in your entry right now? Oh, so my right now my entry is all technology based. Right, okay. we've we've kind of backed away. We've kind of dampened down our regulatory uh, uh, um, activities because we've done a lot of part in terms of speaking with the regulators and talking about what we've done. We did that for the first 10 years and we've done got a lot, which is why you'll see in the industry as a whole, a larger adoption for private investments. Before it was unheard of to say, oh, you know, retail client's gonna get a private equity, that's ludicrous. But now it's actually more mainstream. And we're very happy for that because at the end of the day, we believe that this principle applies to everybody. Every Canadian deserves the right to invest exactly like a pension plan. It's just we're seeing more and more players, and that's great. Uh, so we've dampened down the regu- our regulatory uh, um, you know, negotiations and, and, and lobbying for those, and we're going to concentrate largely on the technology side of the business. Okay. So, um, what this future holds in terms of more of the strategic or tactical uh, aspect of Mandeville is we're continuing to invest in new advisors growing out. We're going to invest in helping them transition their businesses, business succession arrangements. Um, um, we've, we've opened up our, our U.S. arm, right? So we've got Mandeville Private Client USA. So and we've got that working very well. But the key thing is this laying this technology fl- uh, framework to be able to provide this, this integrated uh, digital experience, both for our clients and our advisors. And we're very close to getting all those things completed. Thanks for joining us for this episode of WP Talk and thanks to Frank, such a natural talker on this subject for his time and insight. For more WP Talk episodes, go to wealthprofessional.ca, click on the resources tab and select WP Talk. The site also includes all the latest news and views from the industry. And if you haven't already, feel free to sign up to our daily newsletter. I'm James Burton. Until next time.